Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand episode of The Wrap right here on the Fike Media Network. Happy Sunday to you all as we recap the highs and lows from WWE's Night of Champions from Saudi Arabia. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the now back on the winning track, Von Wagner, who moonlights on the main roster from time to time, but stays at home in NXT every Tuesday still. I bring to you a guy that is very brave to be here on a Sunday morning after what happened to his Lakers on Monday night. He did not want to extend this series. He knew it would end badly and he got his wish. So I bring to you, even though it was a salty Monday, it is a very perky Sunday for one perky Scott Young. Welcome back, perky. Thank you, Keela. It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. First of all, (laughs) <laughs> okay first of all i was over that i was past that wasn't even think about that you know what i'm saying i don't even know why you bringing that type of stuff up like this is what i'm talking about i thought we was past that you took your shot you know i thought we i thought we had healed i came back like wolverine and i took another shot <laughs> and i'm running out of healing ability i'm like i'm like in logan right now i'm running out the last stand, you're Logan now. You know what happened to Logan at the end of that movie, right? He died. <laughs> but he's coming back in Deadpool. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's coming back. Oh, Lord. Okay, so you're saying that there's a chance for you and the Lakers to come back next season. What I'm saying is we got to wait a couple of years for Bronny. <laughs> Deadpool is essentially Bronny, and Bronny's going to come save the day. <laughs> Look at you being so optimistic. LeBron had everybody on retirement watch this week. And now I even heard PTI talking about the prospects of him joining the Warriors. So jump scare for a day. But I think he's I think he's sticking with the Lakers to finish out his contract and wait for Bryony to graduate high school so they can reunite at least for a season on the let same me, team. Let me let me let me tell you one thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm I, I'm as big of a LeBron fan as possible. He's in my top five. He's in my top three, one of my top three favorite players of all time. But let me tell you this. If that man goes and joins the Warriors, Mm -hmm. and I see that man passing the ball to Steph Curry off a screen, (laughs) or I double down with him, Draymond, and then Clay, and then somebody, Dray throws a lot. If I see that, I'm done. I I will never root for that man. I will will cheer for his demise. Wow. 
I mean, full, not injury or nothing, but full on, like, <laughs> I want to see him struggle. I want Dylan Brooks to, I want, I'm one, I want, I would have been cheering Dylan Brooks. That's how much I would have been rooting against LeBron if I see that man in a Warriors jersey. You're capping for Dylan Brooks, who's been basically dismissed by the Memphis Grizzlies. If I see that man in a Warriors jersey, I will root and place my flag for literally anybody that is going against him. Wow. Even Kevin Durant. No question. Wow. Okay. So I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. The brand new LeBron Warriors jersey, number six. Very excited about that. I want it like real and form-fitted for you just in time for the holiday season. So get oh, ready. Oof, that's, <laughs> that is that is that is literally, that would be my worst nightmare ever because they would have so much fun and he'd be so good on the Warriors. It would be my worst nightmare. It'd be my happiest fantasy. So LeBron, it's not too late to join the winning team to really heat up the West to make Scott's life miserable so he can root for anyone but the Warriors. But deep down, he would still root for you because he's a LeBron lifer. Join it's, the winning team, Scott. It's just beef. That's all. <laughs> just beef. <laughs> I love it. But that's a fantasy for right now. That's just talk. But I think he'll stick with the Lakers at least through the end of his contract. Wait for Brian to get out of high school. And boom, there we go. The perfect Hollywood ending to his career by the time he's 40 years old. But before we get to all the future stuff regarding the NBA, let's talk some WWE, the main topic of today. As we dive into Night of Champions 2023, going down live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Scott and I watched the show on a delay. And it was easy breezy cutting through the video packages and commercials. Thank God for Peacock for figuring that out two years later. But Scott, your early just overall thoughts in terms of presentation and the timing of the show in terms of length. Well, the timing of the show was awful for me. I mean, I was at work, so the timing was awful in that regard. Uh, Length wasn't too bad. Like, you know, I, I did kind of forget some of the matches. I guess, you know, that's just on me just just not caring enough about them. And that's, I guess that's on WWE, but so the length was okay. I guess you probably, I, for me, you probably could have chopped about 30 minutes of this and we'll get to a couple matches where you could have chopped and you just had them there just to have them. Um, but the overall presentation, I thought the presentation felt big time, felt important, felt like a big show. It did. A lot of kids in the crowd, a lot of little boys in the audience that I noticed, they were very lively throughout the show. They were really hyped for the main event, which we'll get to shortly. But I thought the presentation was solid. Crowd heat was so-so throughout the night, but really heated for the main event, which I loved. And, you know, WWE tried to cover their asses, Scott, by doing this gimmick. We don't have just one main event, not two like Backlash earlier this month, we got three main events, a triple main event involving our opening match for the World Heavyweight Championship to maintain that lineage in WWE. According to Michael Cole, it was Seth freaking Rollins versus the phenomenal AJ Styles and fashion report. So Seth rolled up in a puffer leopard cheetah hybrid jacket, Scott. Fashion thoughts on that. Uh, Tyler Breeze and Vandango would probably not approve. And um, <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure that he found that in the back of Becky Lynch's closet. 
deep in the back of the closet. He just dusted it off and said, I'm going to wear that today. And he wore it proudly. Definite choices. But as Seth Foye makes anything work. And this was the opening match. And, you know, I think I understand why WWE thought, let's do a Chupa main event. But you're trying to present this championship as prestigious, as important on the same level as Roman Reigns' championships. But opening match of this show, you have given this championship Every reason for this to be the following, a consolation prize, a secondary title, and I hate to say it, but it's true, and the Stargate belt was up for grabs, and I thought the Styles and Rollins had a really good match. I have seen them have better matches against each other in the past, but it was still very good. The story midway through this match was Seth Rollins doing a tope on the outside and injuring his knee, and that allowed AJ Styles to go for a calf crusher at one point in order to tap out Seth Rollins, which Seth fought out of that, and we had some nice counters, including AJ landing a pedigree for a very close no fall. And then Rollins comes through with the reverse superplex off the top rope and a Falcon arrow for a two count as well. There were some iffy moments in this match in terms of cleanliness, but it really came down to Seth being able to ground AJ with the pedigree and then follow things up with a curb stomp to become the brand new WWE World Heavyweight Champion Good back and forth action. I liked it a lot. Seen better from both guys. But at long last, after nearly four years, Seth Rollins is a world champion once again. Yeah, it was a really, really good match. Um, the crowd was crazy for it. I thought they had a lot of energy to bring. Uh, they sang Rollins to the ring. He felt like a big deal, felt like a main eventer. I thought AJ Styles looked good. I, I really enjoyed the match. And maybe I the crowd was just so invested in it and it felt important. Um, you know, the, 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 I get the, the argument that this is the consolation prize because essentially that is how they presented it. And the presentation, uh, which is so important and everything has done that, but the way you make let's, let's, let's talk about it. The title is made by the man. So regardless of how this starts out, it's very important that Seth Rollins goes out and has high-caliber, high-profile matches. He can't just have great matches. He can't just be the workhorse. You know, Gunther's right there, and he's been doing it for a year solid. So he's got to go out and have high-profile matches and establish himself. What works for me with him being champion is that he's the one guy Roman hasn't beat. Like That, that works for me. So... You've got to run with that, and you've got to really build on that. Like, he should be calling Roman out all the time, and I like that he's been mentioning Roman in his promos. That needs to be something that is central in this because that needs to be built up that, hey, y'all can say this is a consolation prize all you want. He's never beat me. So he this this is still – this is the A title because I have it because I haven't – he hasn't beat me, and nobody else is going to beat me for it. That needs to be the story going forward, and that's how we bring that title up and bring that lineage. Well, we have the lineage behind it, but that's how we make it seem just as important and on that same level as Roman Reigns and his titles. He's definitely got to talk it up, preferably on Monday Night Raw, to really sell this championship and sell himself as champion because he is one of a select few in WWE that could conceivably beat Roman Reigns legitimately for that championship or championships that Roman has right now. And 
he's got the juice as the champion on Monday Night Raw, being the flag bearer, being the standard, being the guy to carry that championship and brand moving forward. And it's got to be high profile matches. This guy is otherworldly when he's in the ring when need be against quality opponents. And I think he'll be a great inaugural champion. Just got to have the fuse and matches to back it up. And that will happen in due time. But in terms of presentation, it came off secondary, but knowing Seth Rollins, he hears that rumbling, he hears that sound on social media, he, is a, he hears a, he hears a criticism regarding that, and he will use his mic skills and he will cut a promo to kind of beat those allegations on Monday Night Raw, but good booking and a great feud and matches would be a good way to kind of balance that at the same time, but really good opener. Triple H comes out, presents Rollins with the championship. We get the pyro, the celebration. It's really lovely, but it's all about the follow through and the presentation of this championship on PLEs moving forward. I'll tell you what, if there was ever a Triple H guy, Seth Rollins is absolutely a Triple H guy from NXT, the inaugural champion, uh, the guy who ends up turning in the shield for Triple H, like, Triple H putting him over in a big match at WrestleMania. Like that Triple H, that's Triple H's guy. Like that's his ace in the hole. <clears throat> when he needed some, when he needs somebody, that's who he goes to. So I appreciate that. Uh, four tiers from me. This is a really solid match. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it three and three quarter tiers. Very good match. Could have been a wee bit better, but otherwise, I thought it was a very good way to start off Night of Champions on Peacock on a delay for us. As we move on to Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch. And I'm going to be incredibly shallow for a moment. I thought Trish Stratus looked absolutely stunning tonight. She looked gorgeous. I love the track suit aesthetic for everybody, but she made it look especially great on this evening in Saudi Arabia. And I love her for it. She just looked glowing and glamorous and gorgeous. And Becky Lynch comes out looking like Kill Bill. I I appreciated that aesthetic too. So I like the track suit vibe going on here. I love the, the race car vibes as well. So good on that. The match itself That was going to be my concern because on Monday Night Raw, I wanted them to talk up this matchup. Give me a reason to care. Give me a reason to invest emotionally. Trisha's all right on the microphone. She's been better since turning heel and having more time to talk. Becky Lynch obviously comes through as always on the microphone, had some biting commentary for Trish Stratus, but it all comes down to the match itself. And it was all right. It was just there for me. We had some good moments of physicality at ringside. Trish dominated at one point. Becky Lynch gets back in control of things. She blocks the hurricane or hits this off the top rope by Trish. And then she goes for a powerbomb on Trish at one point for a near fall. Some good back and forth stuff. But I just felt like the match existed and I wanted a bit more. You know, I I thought the match started a little slow, but I thought they they had the right amount of energy as far as the crowd goes. Um, I thought Trish actually looked pretty good outside of the one, um, what was uh, the the stratisfaction from the top rope where she goes for that her and Karana. Besides that one at the the very first one, I I thought she looked pretty good. I thought this was a I mean this is her first singles match in what four years. I I think she, I thought she looked pretty good. Um, I do agree with you. Uh, cheddar biscuits all around 
I thought she looked great. Fantastic. I'm glad Becky Lynch decided to wear uh, the bride outfit from Kill Bill instead of Seth Rollins' outfit. Maybe that was the plan. Maybe Rollins <laughs> was planning to wear that. And she was like, nah, I'm going to wear this. You got to wear that. You know, let's, let's swap outfits. Maybe that's what happened on the plane ride or something. Um, so, I, you know, and one thing I, I do want to talk about is this this thing with Trish, you know, obviously this is going to continue. This is going to build to something. But I love the inclusion of Zoe Stark, man. I, 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 as far as what it could be, I think she could potentially come out of this with pinfall victories over Becky Lynch. And I'm hoping the, the end goal in all of this is her eventually beating Trish as well. I hope so as well. I hope so. This was sorely needed for Zoe Stark to give her a boost on Monday Night Raw. And the finish did come down to Becky Lynch landing the manhandle slam on Trish Stratus for the win. But Trish is going to break the count by going for the ropes at the last possible moment. And Trish is going and Trish is going to leave the ring for a moment to grab something. And as Becky Lynch goes after her behind the referee's back, we have Zoe Stark appear from underneath the ring, she hits the flipping GTS on Becky Lynch and throws her back in the ring. And I think that she legitimately busted Becky's nose open. And that leads to the Stratisfaction Bulldog by Trish to pick up the very tainted victory. And I think this is really needed for Trish and Zoe Stark. Trish is a good talker. Zoe still needs a bit of, of a personality to really stand out. She has the talent, obviously. If Trish can give her a bit of that on the microphone and Zoe can kind of play off of that, there is hope for her. But let me tell you something. When you're working with Becky Lynch, that's next level greatness. And if you can bring it with Becky, there is great hope for you in the main roster. But this will hopefully allow Zoe to find herself as a character on the main roster. I think that was a fail on NXT during her run when she was a heel. She needs this now against the top shelf star on that show in Becky Lynch outside of Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I agree. This is a good way for, this is a good mini program to extend the program with uh, Becky and Trish. You know, we will get some good matches uh, with Becky Lynch. We can, we'll probably, we could probably get a tag match at money in the bank. If they're not in the ladder match themselves, or you could have Zoe and Becky both in it. Um, you know, her kind of being the surrogate for Trish in that continuing the feud. So I do like this. I think it's a good way to keep exposure on Zoe Stark. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact there's a plan with her. She's being utilized, and Becky Lynch isn't gonna isn't just gonna you know fall to the wayside. There's there's a story that's going to continue. Three and a three and one quarter tier for the match. I thought Trish looks pretty good. I would give it a solid three tiers straight up. It was a good match. I thought Trish looked great. Cheddar biscuits for her. Unlimited supply, by the way. She looked stunning. Becky looked good as well. And I saw a picture on Instagram of Becky Lynch looking bloody and bruised. I did not know how it happened because I tried to avoid spoilers. Now I saw how it happened. And damn, Zoe landed that knee perfectly. And Trish played cleanup with that satisfaction bulldog to extend this feud beyond this PLE, which should be a lot of fun heading into the heart of the summer season. As we move on to our next match, it is Gunther, the Intercontinental Champion, going up against Mustafa Ali. And Mustafa Ali tried to cut a promo on Monday Night Raw to endear himself to the audience, dropping his positivity gimmick and trying to talk from the heart. And I was leaning into it, Scott. I was like, okay, here we are. 
this is the Ali I love to see. And then Brock Lesnar basically said, fuck you and your sob story in the gorilla position and just ended that man's interview just like that. That made me so sad because this is a moment for WWE to really position Ali as a viable threat to Gunther. Would he win? Absolutely not. But the booking of this match was excellent. It gave some great moments of false hope. But come on, in terms of the buildup, Ali needed that cutting promo to really sell things. It did not happen. Thank God this match was a make good. But it really shows the potential of Ali if WWE just gave him something meaningful to do every single week on Monday Night Raw. You might be right about that, but he won't sell me on nothing, even if he was serious the whole time. So, <laughs> so he, he won't sell me on nothing. You, you're right, though. He absolutely should be doing more every week on Monday Night Raw. But as far as him and Gunther goes, that interaction, <laughs> what was he going to sell me on? What was he going to sell? I know he's going to have a good match. I know he good. I know he nice with it. Don't don't get it twisted. He ain't selling me on nothing. Not with Gunther. Not with that bad boy. <laughs> Let me go ahead and tell you that right now. Uh, the match was good. Uh, I, I think that was WWE's way of telling uh, Mustafa Ali, we don't care about your serious gimmick either. You either do our happy gimmick or you get Brock Lesnar in your face. Like, let's not forget. Mustafa Ali and Brock Lesnar got history dating all the way back to Money in the Bank, where Mustafa Ali decided to just watch Brock Lesnar at the top of the ladder instead of just grabbing the briefcase. Let's never forget that. And he's always had beef with Brock ever since. So this is just adding to it. One of these days, he's going to get his revenge. Like Kofi got his revenge. Oh, wait, that never happened. I'm so sorry, Scott. More, more, more like a, let me tell you something. Kofi ain't getting no reparations on Brock. <laughs> we can go ahead and cancel Christmas on that one. And listen, Kofi's not going to go looking for him either. <laughs> okay? Kofi's not going to go, not with Brock. It's probably going to be more like a ricochet. He'll probably get kicked in the balls or something. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, that's a worse faith than what we, like, now, Scott, why? Now, if he gets the ricochet treatment, he should quit. He should quit. <laughs> that was just embarrassing two or three years ago. I fell for ricochet. If Ali had to suffer that, then you know what? This cursed me out backstage and I'm good. But Ricochet got him back in the Rumble when he kicked him in the balls and then Drew McIntyre got to eliminate him. See, nobody remembers that part about the Drew McIntyre elimination. Ricochet kicked him in the back of the nuts. In the back of the nuts. <laughs> now, my 
tag team partner, why did you have to emphasize the back of the nuts? Because let me let me ask you a question. How often do you see somebody get kicked from the back to their nuts? You see it from the front, but like <laughs> this dude literally got kicked from the back. And like, you know what I'm saying? Nobody shows that part about it. Well, just... I I guess it's a heaviness there in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. Listen, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I, I think this that's about as good as it's going to get for Mustafa. Well, he had a good effort. I love the near falls he had against Gunther. Gunther chopped the soul out of his body at various <laughs> points. That was gnarly. Then we had Ali eat a couple of clotheslines by Gunther as well. But he landed a tornado DDT, hit a perfect 450 splash for a very close near fall. And then Gunther ended his life a short time later with an absolutely nasty shotgun drop kick in the corner missed a drop kick sick and then power bomb one two three all your hopes and dreams for ali have been dashed but for the time they were given and for the false finishes it became a very competitive and fun match that the fans did care about and for that it was good yeah i 100 agree i i think the fact that you know we can make all the jokes we want but the fact that they were get, able to get that crowd invested like that. And, um, you know, you mentioned the 450. Ali hit a big uh, powerbomb right before that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that 450. And the crowd, I mean, really came to life when he hit that. And, I mean, that was a great near fall. I, obviously, you knew he wasn't going to win, but you, it got you invested. It sucked me in for a second. Like, oh, okay, okay. Like, just so they did a really good job with the match as far as being able to uh, get you invested, get you excited. And that's a testament to Ali. You know, again, we make all the jokes we want, but he is a very, very good professional wrestler. Um, again, three and, a, three and a quarter tiers for me. Three and a quarter tiers. I would give this three and a quarter tiers as well. Very good match. Ali's great. He's so talented and he could be used much better on the main roster. And he did have a very nice showing in this match. We do make fun because his positivity gimmick absolutely sucks right now on Monday Night Raw. But this guy is so good in the ring. And he showed it here once again against Gunther, who is probably outside of a few champions in this business, one of the very best right now that will always deliver his all and make every championship match an nail-biter, even though the outcome is pretty damn obvious on his side of things. But really fun battle. Ali and his hair, great showing despite the L. I don't know about the hair thing, but Ali the had color, a great showing. The color of the hair is whack. I'm not going to lie. His hair in terms of sheen and length, beautiful. I want his jet black hair back, no lie. No, I, I agree with you on that. That boy do got some luscious locks. I will mm-hmm. one hundred he should absolutely be in like one of them Pantene commercials. <laughs> Pro V gold. <laughs> like no question he should be getting some type of sponsorship with him. Like how how are they not working on that? Come on. Like his hair is luxurious, dye color aside. Beautiful hair, lovely sheen, leave-in conditioner. No let that bo- let that guy be doing commercials on Peacock, and I am here for it. I love his hair. Not the color right now, but I love his hair. It is absolutely gorgeous and luxurious. Just imagine him and him and Pretty Deadly doing a Pantene commercial. Oh my God, the money they can make, <laughs> the money they can make, the wind machine that would be used to just really. It's like to really accentuate their hair and not to mention when they go in the shower and they do the slow motion of the right. hair streaming down right. and the shampoo sliding down the hair. Come on. 
That's, that's money right there. W, I, I, I am genuinely shocked WWE has doesn't do like shampoo sponsorships and stuff. Didn't Booker T and Edge fight over a head and shoulders shampoo commercial years ago? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I, I think it was over a spilled thing of shampoo. I think somebody got some in somebody's eye or something like that. Yeah. Oh. Somebody got squirted in the eye. Why you had to put it like that? I just put it how I can. That's just how. That's just what happened. <laughs> I didn't put it any kind of way. That is that is the story. Somebody got squirted in the eye. The other person got mad. They challenged him to a match at WrestleMania. Those were the good old days. <laughs> a shampoo rivalry, but now we need actual shampoo sponsorship. Come through WWE. Come through. I need some Pantene. I need some herbal essences. What's the other one? Um, head and shoulders. Head and shoulders. Trezume. Ooh la la. Something. Come on now. Come through WWE with the shampoo commercials for Ali and Pretty Deadly. I am just saying. And throw some money Trish's way to hair also luxuriously beautiful. Next up, after our shampoo sidebar, is something I am very mixed on talking about, but we have to talk about it. So it's Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. And yes, it still pains me to say that because it's a Raw Championship on SmackDown and WWE has not fixed that yet. And at this point, I don't think they will. And that makes me very antsy and upset. At least there's no dumbass title swap. But WWE, please make it make sense. But Scott, after Bianca Belair just this month crossed the historic mark of over 400 days as champion, longest run of the modern era, things happened today that quite frankly shocked the hell out of me. Also, don't don't forget to mention the longest reigning black champion uh, in WWE history as well. Um, Come oh. through, Michael Cole. Come hey, through, Michael. You know, I'm with just your whole saying, chest. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> let me puff my chest out one time. You feel me? Making Cody Luther King proud over there. Listen, um, I I don't know, man. I like I can't be mad that Oscar's champion, but you really wanted to end. Bianca's historic reign like that, like, and not with a heel turn or anything. Like, I fully expect one to come, but this is, this should be a moment beating Bianca Belair. Like, you have built her, you have genuinely built her up as the Roman Reigns of the division. Like, she is, she is the current Charlotte Flair that just happens to be liked. Like, that's how she has been built up in this division. And, like, I'm all for Oscar, but why not have her win with the face paint? You know, first time with the face paint. Like, I just, I don't know, man. It just seems kind of like we need to shock some people. We need to shock value. There doesn't seem to be a plan with this. And this is me, you know, Monday night quarterbacking, of course. But I, I, I don't, I don't get the logic behind the move right now without a heel turn. If she went crazy after the match and or was trying to cheat during the match or I you know, but I, I I don't know. Without the heel turn, none of this makes sense to me. It's confusing. And here's some real talk that I want to just spill right here on the show right now. So let's go back to backlash. In hindsight, Eo Sky should have won. 
if we're going to do it, just do it. I know the record was the record, but at this point, it's kind of hollow. I hate to say it, but it's true. Like, that was the moment, really, when the crowd was hot for EO Sky and Bianca Belair was being booed. It was kind of playful, but that could have started the heel turn right then and there. This was just, wow, this was something that could have meant so much more. You talk about this title run that's been really historic and she's beating the very best, and it ends like this on a very flat note. And EO basically goes for a finisher and damn near hits it, and then she doesn't win. It's like, what? Huh? It just two different things that looked perfectly fine in the moment, but one was executed better in terms of that could have been in the moment, the moment. And this right here, I love Oscar, but choices on that. Because as you said, when she wore the face paint, that's how you do it. Don't lose and then backtrack and do it again. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, like part of it is. They had Asuka, you know, blatantly spray the the mist on her hand and all that stuff. So is she the heat? Like, you know, because she's been subtly kind of doing little things like that. Or Bianca in this match was doing little things. You could tell she was getting more frustrated. She was much more aggressive in this match than she normally is. It just, what what is this? Like, I need something. Like, if you if the if Asa is going to be champion, then there needs to be a story, a story and a reason why you're in. You don't just have someone have a historic reign and not have a reason and a story as to why you're ending it. I, you know, it's just a baffling decision. The crowd really wasn't even that, in, and that's that's another disappointing thing about it. And I think I'm glad you brought that up about EO Sky because there's a natural story there that you could tell with EO Sky and Bailey. Like they could easily pull the evolution storyline and just run it with those three. You know, Bailey just turns on and wants the title that EO that she couldn't get from Bailey. So now she tries to take it from EO. Like that's an easy story. EO has a nice match with Bailey. You can still get this Bianca Oscar match and run this the same way you're running it now, get the same result. You know, I, I just, I, I am curious to see what the follow up is. And I'm and I better see a full on Bianca Belair heel turn. Like that's the only thing that makes sense coming out of this is she needs to be the position as the top heel on the brand going forward. Agreed, because nothing else makes sense. And we go back to what you just said about EO Sky. If we went in that direction at Backlash, yeah, you can have Bailey and EO Sky. That makes perfect sense. And then if you have Oscar beat Bianca Belair at this show, that continues a spiral that makes so much more sense versus doing something with Oscar that's heelish. And how does Bianca Belair become a heel out of this? Does she go on a schneid after this? I, I don't know. But you had an opportunity to do this at Backlash to make it make sense. You already got one historic run by Roman Reigns. I love Bianca I love Bianca Belair. I love the fact that she had this record. But to end it four weeks later is choices. So you could have just said, you know what? Great run. We can just cap it right then and there. Let's get EO Sky up and running. The fans are ready for it. Would have been way more over a month later than she is right now. Things happen, unfortunately, with Dakota Kai tearing ACL. But it gets the ball rolling. And if you're turning Bianca heel, then that's how you do it. A spiral against Asuka on this show. Stands championship. Problem solved. Now you got to find a way to make it make sense, despite what Asuka did to win the championship in the first place. Yeah. Um, two and three quarters tears for me. Um, you know, uh, these are my two favorite women in WWE. So, you know, it, it feels weird kind of being disappointed at these two trading the title. But that's kind of the position they left me in. 
Um, they need to move on from each other, but I feel like they have to have another match. So we'll see what happens. But um, the, the follow-up to this will be very interesting. Indeed it will. I will give this also two and a half tiers out of five. This is very weird for us to go there with the Bianca match. You can do three, four, and four and a half a lot of the time, but this one just fell flat. The crowd was dead for this match in a lot of ways, and I felt that way for a lot of Bianca matches in Saudi Arabia. They're not really that into it for whatever reason, and it's like, your loss. I hate to say that, but it's true, but in this case, it wasn't much to go with, and to have this rain in this way was very flat, and I think that both ladies in terms of booking and for it to make sense deserved a bit better, but we'll see the follow-up on SmackDown for us to see where we go next with Bianca Belair and Asuka and their roles as champion and challenger moving forward as we move on to Scott's favorite match from last night's Night of Champions. It was Natalia versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship not on SmackDown, but on Monday Night Raw. Yes, I will go in on that again. And I think it was Natalia's birthday today. And this is how she celebrates. Scott, why don't you go into deep analysis regarding what happened during this championship match with Dom Dom at ringside. Quick attack, riptide, we go home. Um, <laughs> listen, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is at least 10 minutes that we could have cut out the show. You know, the Mustafa Gunther, that's that's 10 to 15 more. That's that's the half an hour right there with commercials, entrances, all that stuff. Like, <sighs> But you know what? You know what? I'm not going to complain. Rhea, Rhea got to look, have a dominant victory. We got a, a women's match that at least advanced the story of Rhea just running through the division. And Natalia, I guess her the, the story that she's going with now is she's a step slow, you know, with the promo she cut online and all that stuff. So I, I don't know what, what's going on there, but um, yeah, it's always great to see mommy and um, it's always great to see Dom Dom. Dom Dom. So, you know what I do on this show sometimes, Scott, I have to bring up a little GH conversation here because Dom Dom did something at the very end of this match that gave me Sprina feelings. Uh -oh. So, Dom proceeded to do the following. If you saw my timeline about three weeks ago, there was a leap. Because Trina jumped in Spencer's arms. Beautiful moment. So on this show, Dom Dom leaps in Rhea's arms <laughs> and she holds him tight. Her core strength is amazing. That's all I've got. To me, that was the highlight of this match. The leap by Dom Dom to Mommy. Yes, I did see your timeline. Uh, Spencer was found safe and sound after they thought he was dead after the big <laughs> crash. Yes, I did see the timeline. Shout out to your GH peeps. Shout out to y'all. I see y'all. I see y'all on the comments. Talking about some how does she do it? Because Keela's a boss. That's how she does it. I read the comments, all right? Shout out to y'all. Um, but yeah, she, uh, you know, and she she definitely caught him too with ease. She was You could tell that they have a lot of fun with this. You could tell that they absolutely enjoy each other's presence. And I don't mean that in any type of weird way. I mean that it's genuine. They just, there's great chemistry there. They work really well together. Um, even the four of them, Damian, Finn, um, and that's not even telling what goes on, in the, you know, in, 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 the, in the office that Dijak rents out every now and then. It's not even telling what's going on there. But listen, 
the match was exactly what it was supposed to be. Shout out to Mommy. Shout out to GH. Shout out to Sprina. You know, the leap. <laughs> Shout out to the leap. The parallels. I just had to call it out. It was perfect. And the fact that we have a die jack swingers SM sex club in Canon is amazing to me. As you have noted, it is rented out for services at least three times a week. Die Jack the Bouncer. <laughs> and the Dominatrix, apparently. <laughs> Dual duty. We'll see what happens. After after night two of our back to back, uh, we'll see if Dragonoff is invited back. <laughs> he might have a lifetime membership after what happens tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just saying. So we will come back and reassess all of that. That could be the best match of the weekend. We'll see about it. But yeah, I love Rhea Ripley and Dom. They're the best. I just love them. They have great chemistry. They work well together. They love each other, obviously, on screen. And they sell it beautifully. The social media game by the entire Judgment Day is amazing as well. I just love this faction so much. We've come such a long way from a year ago, workshopping every other week on this show, to now them being one of my favorite factions in all the professional wrestling. You gotta love them. And dominant victory for Rhea Ripley. I'm not even mad at it. Listen, Natalia has been around the block for a very long time. I respect her resume so much. But in this case, Rhea Ripley deserved to dominate, destroy, and get that check as quickly as possible. You know what? Shout out to Natty. She got a bag for this match. Sure did. She sure did. I'm not mad at her. She got selfies with the fans out there. She slapped hands, shook hands, gave hugs, and gave away her sunglasses. She served her purpose. Does great community service work for WWE. I love Natty. Booked the Barry here in Saudi Arabia five years ago. So she has my respect forever. But in this case, quick work is the best work. As we move on to our second of our triple main event involving Brock Lesnar versus the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, broken arm and kayfabe and all. It was not just a fight. It was a match. Let's not lie about that, but let's talk about the American nightmare presentation. Now, Cody, I got to say on this particular evening, looking sharp, but Homie was posing for his life during his introduction. I thought for five seconds, Scotty was a statue. <laughs> Listen, Cody was a little shook. He wasn't quite sure if he could go out there in that American gear get up. He was like, hey, y'all sure this is all right? Like, y'all sure I'm good out here with this? Like, is this whoa? When I put my arms up and do this whoa, am I going to, is that just me opening my, like, y'all, we good? You know? But yeah, there was a moment where I was like, I had to, I had to make sure my TV wasn't frozen. <laughs> I thought so too, Scott. I swear to God, you froze. <laughs> I almost felt like the music cut out too. And maybe that was just me going, you know. <laughs> but I was like, yo, what's going on? Everything good? Did they cut the feed? <laughs> he was just frozen. For like... Is this the next episode of Dark Side of the Ring? <laughs> like, what's going on over there? He froze. I was like, is Cody okay? Was that a special effect? I, honest to God, did not know. Hey, for real, it could have been a special effect. You know, they might have been like, hey, you know, Cody slipped. Let's just freeze the screen real quick. We want a three-second delay anyway. We good. 
that is a very good possibility but they did come through they sang his song he was over i loved it and he was working through this bad bad shoulder and arm injury broken arm that brock broke on monday night raw and crazily enough scott i was watching the backstage attack and swear to god when i saw cody backstage in his suit i said wow cody's looking casket sharp and five seconds later brock proceeds to beat his ass well that was a very fitting statement by me and so this was a story of cody selling this injury throughout the smash and he was basically told don't compete don't compete don't compete but he's a fighter he's resilient he's gonna do what he's gonna do and at first brock lesnar was whooping that ass he was dominating suplexing going after the shoulder over and over and over again but cody according to michael cole said there is titanium in that cast and he can use that titanium as a weapon so i sat back and thought to myself oh no 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 that's not titanium he went to wakanda that's vibranium he's got on his arm <laughs> let me tell you something he may be cody luther king but the child ain't welcoming him in wakanda just yet <laughs> not to get no vibranium okay <laughs> <laughs> That's he ain't giving him no vibranium, all right? Even even if he is welcome to Wakanda, okay? Even if he is, that man ain't walking out with no vibranium now. <laughs> now listen, he might be trying to he might be trying to channel a little Colossus. You know? Maybe trying to channel a little Colossus. But he he certainly isn't walking out with no vibranium. And let me tell you this. If he hit Brock Lesnar with some vibranium, that man ain't just stumbling. He caving that dude's whole head in. That is facts. We're not going to even dispute that. So uh, I say you got 25% vibranium, to be fair. <laughs> 75% titanium. They said, who the hell let the gate open and let Cody get some vibranium? Cody saw Ulysses claw outside. I was like, yo, Ulysses. All right, you got that black market vibranium out there. Get a touch of that. Oh my God! Agree. Sorry, sorry, going going too much nerd. I'm right there. My bad. My bad. Look sorry. at you. Look at you. Look at your Marvel showing, sir. My fault. I love that for you. But let's continue with this match. So Cody is going to make a comeback by using that vibranium titanium cast as a weapon to knock out Brock Lesnar. Lands a Cody Cutter, the disaster kick. He goes for two crossroads. But he cannot make the pin because he's using his bad left shoulder as a way to gain leverage. And then Brock Lesnar does the following. He is going to go after this arm with the Kimura. And let me tell you something. This was high drama. This was great selling. This was great art by both guys. The struggle for Cody not to tap out was real in that moment. And he was fighting for survival. Going for some pinfalls, pin Brock at first. But ultimately, this came down to him grabbing the ropes to break the hold. And the fans are popping. I love the high drama of this match. Added some angst and intensity. He does go for another crossroads. Brock kicks out immediately. And then Brock reapplies the Kimura once more. And from there, it's a struggle. Cody's fighting, but then he's fading, 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 and then he passes out. And that is how Brock wins this match to even the series one-to-one. We got to have a rubber match sometime, possibly, maybe, at Money in the Bank to wrap up this rivalry once and for all. But, Scott, this was, to me, up until the main event, the best match on the show in terms of high drama 
and Cody basically putting up a great performance in a losing effort and his first loss in WWE since, since his return to WWE last year. He didn't tap out. He didn't get pinned. He passed out. Yeah, I um, I don't know if I'm too big of a fan of Cody taking this L. I know he had every out possible, you know, the quote-unquote dusty broken arm and, um, you know, they got the, the cast and all that. I just want to know how many times can you hit somebody with some titanium and they not get knocked out? Because I will tell you what, for that cast to be made of titanium, as Michael Cole kept reiterating, um, it certainly didn't do a lot of damage to Brock Lesnar, even though that was the story was that he was so groggy from the titanium shots. Um, I do the the drama was well was well done with the Kimura and whatnot. And was it just me? And this is a complete sidebar, but throughout the night, I and I heard this a, a few times. Michael Cole said that's classic whatever. He didn't say he didn't say vintage. He kept saying that's classic. Like he said in the first match, that's classic Rollins. That's classic Cody. Classic classic Lesnar. What is that? Is that is that new? Is that is that just me? Did you catch any of that? Or was that just me? I caught some of that too. So I guess he's retired vintage is, is going with classic, like the new classic Coca-Cola. Not a fan. Vintage is your thing, Michael. You have a thing. Yes. Vintage is your thing. Yes. It's corny, but it's yours, baby. Use it to your advantage. Classic, not so much. Leave it to Coca-Cola. All right. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. I know we both <laughs> saw the same glitch in the at the beginning with Cody freezing, so I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, the match, the match was good. A uh, real good match. They're both two of the best in the world at what they do. Um, I know some people have said we have in- officially entered the Cody verse, um, but I just I, I'm not a fan of him taking this L. I don't think he needed to. Uh, he already took an L to Roman. I don't think you need to have him take an L to Brock now. I know he beat Brock, and now we're gonna have the rubber match. It's just why not? Why can't he just beat Brock two or three times in a row like he did Seth Rollins? Why does he need to have this L? Why can't he sneak this out? The whole point of the titanium cast should be he uses it at the very end when he realizes he has nothing else instead of him using it at the beginning and and not winning. He was using a weapon and he still lost. How does that help him? It doesn't. And Brock didn't even bleed again. That was a choice too. Titanium is not going to bust you open. Choices, WWE. Choices right. once again. And here I am, Scott. Thank you for correcting me because I am so scarred still by WrestleMania. I forgot Cody lost. I'm still bummed and devastated. Like, why? But I digress. It's absolutely something that I'm willing to compartmentalize. And uh, especially after the the main event, I can only imagine the reaction he should have gotten when he won. Oh, my God. It's like all of these things could have happened at WrestleMania. All of these things would have made more sense at WrestleMania. But we're working backwards and I'm going to leave that alone, but that's where we are right now. I thought it was a good match. Cody losing. I'm not as upset with it. He'll get his win back, but this is classic. The John Cena story trope of you must face adversity to get back on top of things. You must go down a match, even things up, come back, win the series and boom, you're on to better and bigger things. And I hope that's the case for Cody Rhodes, but with this main event, which we're about to get to, yeah, we could have did all this in Hollywood back in April, and I would have been much happier. No lie. I'm going to give this uh, 
four and a qu- four and a quarter tiers. Um, good match. I thought the high drama. I thought Lesnar looked real good. He got his win back. Not a, I, it would have been higher if Cody won. I think that's the wrong call, but who am I? So good match though. Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter for me as well. Good tears for this match. As we now move on to the main event we've been alluding to for a while now. It is the bloodline. It is the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. And it is official. Roman Reigns, as of yesterday, has crossed 1,000 days as champion. Congratulations to him. Job well done. Historic run. I love the pick. 1,000 days on the piece of paper. Happy for Roman Reigns. But let me focus my attention on one Sami Zayn, because this is my favorite part of the PLE from last night when we watched it on a delay. So WWE has been going into Saudi Arabia for about five years now. And for five years, Sami Zayn was not allowed to go into the country to do a show due to political situations and situations in Saudi Arabia with Syria. And Kevin Owens took a stand and he agreed not to go to these shows without his best friend there for obvious reasons, along with human human rights violations and whatnot. And for a long time, I didn't watch these shows. I didn't care to watch these shows. I watch these shows because it's my job. And the last couple of times I've watched, the show quality has improved. Not going to lie. But the moment Sami Zayn came out there and he wore that white fit and you could hear that crowd cheering for him and singing for him, you can see the wash of emotion on his face. You can see that moment meaning so much to him. I got a little emotional because we know the backstory. We know what he went through to get into this country after five long years. The fans love this man. We have the in-ring introductions. We have Paul hype up solo and... Roman Reigns and his run is 1,000 Days of Champion. That's lovely. Then Sammy gets on the mic and speaks in Arabic. And the fans love everything he has to say. He's so over. So, Scott, in terms of this moment, your take before we get into the match for the championship to wrap up the show. Uh, Sammy Zayn had another great moment. It wasn't quite the Montreal uh, hometown entrance, but this this, this absolutely was was. This felt special. You could tell it was important. Uh, the picture you laid out was uh, was was spot on, and there's something magical about Sammy, Roman, KO, just that combination. Any 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 way those three kind of com- combine, like singles, tag, whatever they do, there's just magic between them, and there's a special energy that they have, a uh, special chemistry. I don't think I've ever seen any of those three in any combination have a bad match. Um, so there, there's there's absolutely a, a special chemistry, and and this run has been special because of those three. Like I know it, it starts with with and ends with Jay and the Usos, but KO has been the central outside figure, and Sammy is is the reason that these cracks have really started. So. These three right here, Roman, Sammy, and KO, there's there's a synergy there that's special. It really is. And I think that Kevin Owens is one of Roman Reigns' greatest opponents, and he was one of the few guys that had an out for a very long time, never got pinned by Roman up until this year for the championship. He always lost and 
a very fluky way. It was a lot of match. It was a steel cage match and Roman cheetah last man standing found a way for Roman to win via cheating and Kevin Owens, to me, always had a case, never got pinned, never got beat by Roman. What about it? And that was always a great storyline thread regarding this feud. And then Sami Zayn's introduction to the bloodline last year, it just amplified things even more. And it's just a special chemistry that I don't think can never be duplicated in WWE. It's just such a special story that's been told. And the story is being told via the Usos as well. I want to briefly go back to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox because we're going to go back to two years ago when Jimmy Uso returned from his serious ACL injury the year before during the early days of the pandemic. He comes back and he notices that his brother is knee deep in bloodline business and Jimmy was just ready to be with his brother be a tag team. Like, let's not be subservient to Roman and let's not forget that he wore for at least a week or so the T-shirt, Nobody's Bitch. It might be time to bring back that T-shirt after what happened at the end of this main event. But we had a moment on SmackDown backstage with Roman and having that 1,000-day celebration on SmackDown this Friday and how Jimmy wasn't filling in and Roman begging him to make a move. I whooped you when you was growing up. I whoop you right now. You ain't going to do nothing to me. You're going to obey me. You're going to acknowledge me. You're going to listen to me. And Jimmy walks away. We have the KO show. More tension is going on. We have the bloodline wipe out KO and Sami Zayn. And Jimmy, once again, is like, uh-uh. I ain't here for it. He's in the background, not even giving Roman the belts. It's Jay trying to keep the peace. So Jimmy, after two years, I guess the gaslight is off for him, and he's seeing the light. Yeah, that dude's like, um, you know, you ain't want to bring my wife into the uh, into the group. <laughs> we got beef. We, we, we got beef. <laughs> You made her lead a company. You ain't want to. She would have came back if you would have said she could come back and join a group, but you didn't. We got beef. I'm over it. I'm done. <laughs> That's about as simple as it gets. You want your GH drama? There it is. Here's your soap opera. Literally, as the bloodline turns. So you didn't. You as didn't break the my bloodline wife. turns. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. It's like, well, that is a valid point. Like, my wife couldn't join the bloodline, so you're going to do this? Oh, I got something for you. Like, we could have scored this a long time ago. Now look what happened. This is what you get, Roman. Mm-hmm. See? Jimmy Jimmy's a, Jimmy is what we call a schemer. You know? Dude's like, I'm going to wait till the right moment, and I'm going to just kick that man. And let me tell you something. The, the match was great. The match was fantastic. Go back and watch it. Great energy. The crowd was absolutely fired up throughout the entire thing. Um, the 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 beginning where they're just going crazy. They're getting, you know, Roman in the ring. They're getting Sammy in the ring. Roman doesn't want to face him. Roman's always ducking out and all that. But Jimmy's face and Jimmy's expression and facials at the end when he goes crazy was... I thought that was some of the best facials. We talk about main event Jay. <laughs> we might need to talk about main event Jimmy. Jimmy, let me tell you something. I'm going to go back in time because I'm not going to miss my words. 
when I was looking back at Total Divas, no lie, Jimmy was my favorite Uso. I thought that Jay was kind of bland, but he came along and he showed a personality and he can get cheddar biscuits all day out of me. Ain't gonna lie. So it just took some time for Jay to catch up. Jimmy always had it in him to be a great single star that can talk, who can just go out there and be motivated. We saw that during the early days of the Tribal Chief run for Roman Reigns. Hell in a Cell, it was the most overdramatic I quit inside Hell in a Cell ever, but it set the tone for where we are nearly three years later. And Jimmy sold that moment. He was over it. Because he was the hothead two years ago. He was the one that did not want Jay to be so damn subservient to Roman Reigns. And he kicked his ass right in the face. Did it again. Jay's begging him, don't do it. Don't do this. And Jimmy says, we are here. I am here. I'm your brother. I'm your blood brother. We're here forever. He ain't nobody. It's time for us to be on our own. Let's go. And Jay is so conflicted because he still has his loyalty to Roman. But where is the lie? Where is Jimmy lying? Where is Sammy lying in all of this? There are no lies to be told. And the best part of this, after Jimmy kicked Roman again, they dip out. And then we have Jay call Roman by his government name. He called him Joe, crying out, Joe, Joe. It was perfect. The match was great. KO, Sammy, Roman, Solo, they always deliver. Love the near falls. But this was all about, for the first time, some true, honest to God movement in the bloodline with Jimmy making the move two years after the fact. Well, I guess we've officially entered the fourth inning, hopefully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, I, I thought the, the, you know, and, and then, you know, Jimmy telling him, we sh- I'm going to do what you should have done mm-hmm. a long time ago. I thought that was very fitting. Um, and then he's like, he, and he kept telling Jay, I got you. Don't worry. I got you. Like, we, we good. Like, the little things he was saying, he's not the one. We the ones. Like, he, we the ones, dude. Like, we're the greatest tag team of all time. We did that. We're, we are who we say we are. I, listen, man, this, this has added another chapter to it. And I talk, look who's in the middle of it again, KO and Sammy. They get to reap the benefits. They get to, they get to beat Roman Reigns on his thousandth day as champion. I mean, if you're not going to beat him for his titles, then why not embarrass him on his thousandth day on his <laughs> a nice historic day as champion? You know, like that's about as good as you're going to get. So I, this is, this is a, this storyline continues to evolve this next inning, which Roman likes to call this by uh, is, is still important. Like we, I'm curious to see where it goes, what the next chapter is. I'm expecting a tag team match at SummerSlam, but I also need Roman to defend that title at SummerSlam. So, mm-hmm. or I need him to defend it at Money in the Bank. Or maybe we get Jimmy versus Roman, Solo versus Jay, something like that. There's a lot of combinations we can get out of this. Um, I, 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 the unknown is a lot of fun when it comes to the bloodline right now. And I, I, I've enjoyed the chapter so far. Friday is going to be very interesting. I cannot wait to see the celebration. There ain't going to be no celebration because Jimmy has ruined everything and it was glorious. And 
this was um, precipitated by Jimmy and Jay super kicking their brother solo. And then Roman was furious. And that's when the double super kick by Jimmy took place. And up until that point, really good match. Now, you know, it could not be a Roman Reigns match without a ref bump. I kind of hated that. And we had some great counters by Kevin landing a stunner, then Roman cutting up the spear. I love that. We had Sammy having his moments against Solo as well, having the wins until Roman broke up the pinfall at the last moment, which led to the finish of this matchup. But yeah, to have Sammy and Kevin Owens ruin the 1,000th day of Roman Reigns as champion was the cherry on top. And yes, I'm still kind of bitter and salty with the fact that all of this could have played out in Hollywood at WrestleMania and Cody could have won. But we're all about metrics and history and numbers with WWE. I get it. And I like this next chapter. It's the bottom of the fifth inning. I want to be in the seventh inning stretch very soon, Scott, but I'll take it for now. But what could have been back in April, nearly two months ago, but I digress. You know, after seeing what they did with Bianca's reign, if they don't have no plan for for Cody or anything, then you know what? I'm kind of glad they kept the title on him because who, you know, but I, I, I agree, you know, the, the moment would have been incredible. Uh, the moment would have been special, but I, I think, I think with this Roman, I, 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 I'm going to roll with them just because they haven't steered me wrong yet. They've, they haven't really missed a beat yet. Even that WrestleMania thing, as much as I mean, I may not agree with it. I, I think they're going to end up, making the right and the the end game is going to end up being worth it. So um, this gets four and a half tiers for me. I really enjoyed the story of Roman kind of avoiding Sammy, uh, Sammy and Kayla working as a team solo, just doing a lot of the work and then Roman coming in and dominating after the man's down. Um, But yeah, four and a half tiers, great match, great aftermath. Um, And the, the crowd was super hot for it. Yeah, this was the highlight of the show, the best match of the night in terms of drama, in terms of action. Crowd was into it. Like you said, this was in Montreal with Sami Zayn back elimination chamber, but it was a nice close second place in terms of the emotion of this moment. He was so over and the bloodline storyline continues. And you're right, if we're getting all of this mess regarding runs and reigns, Let's stick with what we got right now, but we got to have some kind of finality very soon. But the Bloodline storyline remains the most captivating and interesting storyline in all of professional wrestling today with good reason because of moments like this that is going to play back for years to come when Jimmy woke up and kicked the shit out of his cousin at long last. When will Jay see the light next? We have to wait and see, but all in all, a very strong way to end the show. So, Scott, we have talked about all seven matches on this card. It was a solid night of champions. Your final tally on the salty scale from one to ten. I I, I enjoyed the show. It, it was so surprising that the, my least favorite match was with two of my favorite wrestlers, which is Asuka and Bianca, and a title change. I I think that's just baffling to me. But uh, this gets six and three quarter tiers for me. Um, the final, actually, I'm gonna give it seven. The final two matches elevated this. The first match was really good too. I'm gonna give it seven tiers because I enjoyed, I enjoyed everything about it. Like except for the, even the Oscar Bianca match. The match was fine. It's just the crowd didn't care, and I thought the title change was unnecessary. But every other match was good to really good. Yeah, look over the card. I think about what we talked about, and I will also give this seven out of ten tiers. 
I enjoyed the show. The opening, ma- the opening match was good. Gunther and Mustafa Ali exceeded expectations. Bianca Belair, I'm very iffy on how that reign ended, but it was still solid. Natalia and Rhea Ripley was what it was supposed to be. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Brock and Cody was exciting in terms of drama, and the main event just hit on every level. The emotion, the drama, the match itself, the aftermath is going to be so good on SmackDown. So really strong night of champions. Third straight Saudi show that's really good by WWE standards. They put some effort and some heart into these shows, which were not the case because we all know money grab at first. This feels a bit more sincere in terms of how they really want to put a good show together. A lot of kids out there, as I mentioned before, but they cared. They were invested most of the way through, and this makes the show easier to endure, not only as a fan, but as a reviewer as well. Yeah, this is a long ways away from Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Lord Jesus or Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker and Kane. We've come so far. Let me tell you, though, it's a great 2K match. That's a fantastic 2K match. The Brothers of Destruction versus DX. That's a that's an excellent uh, My Universe match for the tag titles. If you throw it all the way back to the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression, that midway th- that midway thread would be perfect. Not what we saw four years ago. I, I, I know. I I know we're ready to go home, and I, I know. But real quick, why would why would four fifty year old men? <laughs> think that they could go out there and put on a 25 minute match <laughs> like why wouldn't you why wouldn't you just do like a, a high octane five to seven minute match just like I'm, I'm just i'm just like thinking to myself like what what reason would you guys think that y'all could pull off a 25 minute match and sean hasn't wrestled in like a, a decade now to be fair scott it's Triple H. What do you expect? His 25-minute WrestleMania classics is what he does. Undertaker probably wasn't helping either. He was probably like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got see, one more in me. Did you see me with Drew McIntyre? What? You see me at Backlash? Or was that after? Maybe that was after. No, that was the redemption match to make up for this shit. Okay, that's right. So I don't know what he was doing, but he probably was like, yeah, I need to, I need to get one back. Goldberg dropped me on my head last time. I got to get one back. And Kane, Kane over there, like, yeah, I'm running for mayor. Y'all just let me know when it's time to, uh, <laughs> you know, let me know when it's time to suit up again. Listen, the money was the money back then. And they said, let's do a 25-minute classic. And Triple H lost his peck in the process. Poor baby. <laughs> this dude lost his peck and pulled a Cody Rhodes in the middle oh, of the match. And it wasn't, who he it was just black, but him. It wasn't even purple, just black. I may not be a people may not be a fan of Triple H, but one thing you can't deny that man is tough. He'll finish a match for you. Oh yes, torn quads, torn pecs. He will find a way to soldier through. It was his fault. He's the one who decided to go with a twenty-five minute classic <laughs> instead of just being like, "Yo, why we just hit each other?" A, a couple solid times. ten. Come on, man. Come on, man. Solid a solid ten. 10. Go home. You know, but that's that's him. He's learned the lesson now. But now it's carried over with Shawn Michaels on NXT. Everything must be 25 minutes on a, on a PLE. On a PLE? Everything on the TV show got to go through two commercial breaks. <laughs> it's the HBK way. It's either, it's either a two commercial break segment 
or it's some type of S&M thing in the back. So he he can't make up his mind of what he wants. He's still the sex. He still want to be sexy boy. He's living his 90s. He's living his 90s fantasy sober. And I love that for him. I love he can remember. He can remember this shit now. He couldn't remember it 30 years ago. Like he's living out the fantasy sober. And I'm happy for him. No, I'm, I'm happy he's sober too. Yes. So he's living out these fantasies and he can remember and say, you know what? If I could really appreciate this now, live through this for me, Jack and Dragunov. Live through this for me, Carmelo. Live through this for me, Wesley. Live through these moments now for me in the here of the 2023s. And now we must bid you adieu because speaking of NXT, we'll be back tomorrow morning, yes? Memorial Day Monday recapping NXT Battleground. It is a very busy day. We got this show going head to head with AEW Double and Nothing. And I'll be on the timeline watching results of that show and covering NXT in real time. And we're bringing it back to you right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Looking forward to it. But Scott, thank you so much for joining me as always as we recap the show that was known as Night of Champions. You know, Keela, it's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. He tried to kick me while I was down, but I, <laughs> I rose up from the ashes like a phoenix. Um, and uh, just like I'll be rooting for Phoenix if LeBron joins the Warriors. But uh, looking forward to NXT Battleground on night two. We're definitely pulling a Drake back to back. And we're going we're gonna to knock it out the park. Going to kick ass. Do it again tomorrow. Have fun and hope it's a good show. It should be a good show tomorrow night from Lowell, Massachusetts. We'll be back here early Monday morning, recapping it right here on the Fighting Media Network. So for myself and for Perky Scott Young, that is a wrap for the WWE Night of Champions Review 2023. Take care. Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.